You're listening to another premier old-time radio program, another Humphrey Camardella production. Hi, this is Kim Bragg, and up next is my good buddy, Walden Hughes. Long Hughes, and it's time for me to play some more Christmas shows here on Yesterday USA. So let's go back to December 24th, 1941, and hear Amos and Andy. Campbell's Soup bring you Amos and Andy. many Christmas greetings. Both boys are extremely happy and are looking forward to Christmas Day. As the scene opens now, we find Amos in the front room of his flat. Andy has just entered carrying a few packages. A small lighted Christmas tree sits on a table in one corner. In the back room, Amos's baby boy is asleep in his crib and his little daughter is preparing for bed. Ruby and her mother have just gone out for a short while. There they are. 
Well, come in there, son. You look like Santa Claus there with all that stuff. Yeah, how is you, boy? Oh, how fine. is you? Very good one. Yeah, same to you. Doggone, that tree looks good. Yeah, don't look pretty? Yeah, wait a minute. Let me lay these packages down here on the sofa. Oh, you're making the rounds, ain't you, son? Yeah, making the rounds, spreading good cheer. Yes, sir. Oh, boy, that is a pretty tree, too. Yeah. Got a lot of lights on there, boy. Yeah, we saved some of them from last year, and then we got another new string this year and added on to it. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, we just decorated that tonight. Uh-huh. Ruby and her mama is going out to take a few things to some poor people that they know here in town. They'll be gone about an hour. Yeah, well, I'll leave these packages here. Leave these? All of them? Oh, sure. Here's one for Ruby. Here's one for Mama. Oh, there's one for you right there. Oh, thank you. And there's a little rattle in here for your baby. Oh, gee, really? Look at this. And here's a package for your oldest child, your little girl. Oh, uh, I, I certainly have Santa Claus this year, Andy. Thank you so much. Well, that's all right. I see a lot of stuff over at my place from your house. Yeah, well, just like I told you, Andy, it ain't much, but we want you to know that we love you and we're thinking about you. You know that. Oh, well, Amos, I feel better this Christmas than I ever felt. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, when you open up your packages? Well, uh, the kids get up early, and, well, we all get up and start early Christmas morning. And, and by the way, don't forget that you promised me this morning that you'd be here for Christmas dinner with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that show is nice of you, all right, because the other Christmas dinners didn't work out so good. Oh, it didn't, huh? Uh-huh. Well, we want you here, so now we're going to count on that. Oh, yeah. Well, that's well. Well, I got to get going, son. I got to drop in on two or three people to say hello to them. Yeah, well, I hate to have you rush off, Andy. Don't you want to sit down a little while? No, no. I'll get going, son. Just want to come by here and kind of wish you a Merry Christmas tomorrow. Uh Uh-huh. Well, you know I wish you one, son. Yeah, by the way, uh, you don't want to go with me now, do you? Stop in on some friends or something? Oh, no, and I can't. Uh, I'm going on back now and see that the baby is covered up in the crib and say goodnight to Albadella. Mm. You know, she wants to know all about Christmas. She can't wait till tomorrow. Yeah, well, that's great, son. Well, Merry Christmas again. Well, thank you, and thank you for the packages, Andrew. You're welcome, Amos. You're welcome. So long. So long, son. Line of the Lord's Prayer is this. 
Our Father, which art in heaven, that means Father of all that is good, where no wrong can dwell. Now the next line is, Hallow be thy name. That means, darling, that we should love and respect all that is good. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That means, darling, as we clean our hearts of all hate and selfishness and fill our hearts with love, the good, the true, and the beautiful, then this earth will be exactly like heaven. Oh, that would be wonderful, Daddy. Then it says, give us this day our daily bread. Now that means to feed our hearts and minds with kindness, love, and courage, which will make us strong for our daily task. Mm -hmm. And then it says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You remember the golden rule? Oh, yes, sir. Well, that means that we must keep the golden rule and do unto others as we would want them to do unto us. And then it says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That means, my darling, to ask God to help us do and see and think right so that we will neither be led or tempted by anything that is bad. Uh -huh. And then it says, For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. That means, darling, that all the world and everything that's in it belongs to God's kingdom. Everything. Mommy, your daddy, your little brother, your grandma, you and everybody. And as we know that, and act as if we know it, my darling, that is the real spirit of Christmas. Oh, that's good, Daddy. Well, darling, I guess I ought to turn off the radio and let you go to sleep. Good night, Daddy. Good night, my sweetheart. Daddy. Yes? Will you leave the radio on while I go to sleep? All right, I'll leave it on for a couple of minutes, and I'll come back and turn it off, and you listen to the Christmas music.
ties are renewed and strengthened. This year, more than ever, the real fundamental things in our life stand out from the trivial and inconsequential. The Christmas service at church has more meaning. The old words, freedom, equality, tolerance, character, take on new values. And most of all, we realize the importance in our lives of the people we like most. Some of us, just as some of you, are fortunate to have our families with us this Christmas. Some of us, just as some of you, have folks in army camps, on ships, or on foreign shores. But this Christmas, there is a greater appreciation of family ties, of friends, than in the past 24 years. We think of you as friends of ours. And as such, Amos and Andy and I, and the makers of Campbell's Soup, wish you, with special warmth and meaning, a Merry Christmas. Turn to you tomorrow at this same hour. This is Bill Hay speaking for Campbell's Soup, bidding you all good night. And inviting you to stay tuned in for Lanny Ross, who follows immediately on this station. 
All right, Walden, step up to the microphone and do your thing. Portions of the following program are transcribed. The Kraft Foods Company, makers of Kraft Quality Foods, presents Harold Perry as the Great Gildersleeve. The Great Gildersleeve is brought to you by the Kraft Foods Company, makers of the famous cheese food Velveeta. Everybody goes for Velveeta's rich yet mild cheddar cheese flavor in snacks, in sandwiches, and in hot dishes. And Velveeta, you know, helps supply important food values from milk. It's as digestible as milk itself. That's why smart homemakers keep Velveeta on hand regularly to spread or slice and to melt for grand economical hot dishes. Tomorrow, get Velveeta. The cheese food of craft quality. Well, the Christmas spirit has really taken over the great Gildersleeve's house. Tinsel and bells, gifts being tucked away in every nook and corner. What excitement. The water commissioner can scarcely sleep at night. <sighs> Lumpy mattress. I shouldn't have hidden Leroy's bicycle under my bed. <laughs> and all the wonderful mysteries of the days before Christmas. Hidden parcels, closet doors all locked. Leroy, what you doing peeking through that keyhole? I wasn't peeking. Looking through a keyhole into a dark closet. You can't see nothing in there. Yeah, I know it. Come on, let's get a flashlight. <laughs> Now it's coming on Christmas Eve. Gee whiz, Doc, is that all the presents you're putting under the tree? Well, that's all for now, Leroy. I may have a couple of other little items to bring down after you're snug in your bed. Yeah? While visions of sugar plums dance through your head. That's something I could never figure out. What's a sugar plum? Well, uh, Make uh, room coming through. Well, Marjorie with her little presents. Little presents is right. Holy smoke, she can carry them all in one hand. What a cheapskate. Now, <laughs> Leroy. It's all right, Unky. It doesn't bother me a bit. What dinky little packages. I bet everybody gets a doily. <laughs> the size of the package, my boy, doesn't mean a thing. It's the thought that counts. Yeah, I know. This is going to be the best Christmas we ever had, Auntie. Well, it could be. I have a big surprise for you. For me? I know. 
it's a motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not a motorcycle. It's a wonderful surprise for a wonderful uncle. Oh, Marjorie, don't hug me so tight. Oop. I heard something crack. Were they ribs? No, Leroy, three cigars. <laughs> oh, well, I'll give them to Judge Hooker. I'll tell them they're a new brand of cigar with hinges in the middle. <laughs> For smoking in phone booths. <laughs> oh, I can hardly wait, Uncle. Now, Marjorie, I hope you didn't buy me something expensive. You'll never guess what it is. Hmm? Oh, that must be Bronco. Yeah, that's Bronco, all right. He always rings the bell like a bear was chasing him. Hello, Bronco. Come in. Hiya, Marge, honey. Well, come in, Bronco. Merry Christmas, Mr. Gildersleeve. Leroy. Merry Christmas to you, Bronco. Yeah, Merry Christmas, honey. <laughs> Coat on, Bronco. We're all going over to the high school auditorium tonight. Oh? They're having the Craft Call Club from Chicago. Well, that's very nice, Mr. Gildersleeve. Yeah, a lot of fine voices. Beautiful music. What are they going to sing, Aunt? That opera stuff? No, Leroy. Christmas carols. Bronco, I told Unky I have a surprise for him tonight. <laughs> yeah, quite a surprise. Oh? Is Bronco in on this, too? How about a little tip, Bronco? Oh, I couldn't do that, Mr. Gildersleeve. I don't know what it is, but Bertie does. Bertie? Hmm. Well, uh, <clears throat> you children clean up the front room. I think I'll drift out to the kitchen and have a little talk with Bertie. You won't get anything out of Bertie, I Well, I'm not trying to, Marjorie. Just want to see Bertie about arrangements for this evening. <laughs> of course, it wouldn't hurt to pick up a small clue. I love Christmas. Bertie! Yes, Mr. Gildersleeve? Uh, just thought I'd come out and see if you're all set for tonight. Yes, sir. Bertie's all set. Fine. Uh, Marjorie has a little surprise for me this evening. Yes, sir. Of course, I know what it is. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm sure you know what it is, too, Bertie. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> that is, you may know what it is, but... Just so you'll be sure, Bertie, you write what you think it is on this piece of paper, and I'll write what I know it is, then we'll exchange pieces of paper. All right, Mr. Gillsleeve, here's my grocery pencil. There. Now we exchange, Bertie. Yes, sir. Thank you. Let's see what Bertie wrote. You ain't trapping me. <laughs> Let's face it, Bertie. Marjorie's gone out and bought me a very nice present of some kind, and I'm I'm a little worried about it. Oh? See, I don't have anything very spectacular for Marjorie. Just the usual presents for a girl. Well, don't worry about that, Mr. Gilsey. Miss Marjorie ain't worried about what she's going to get this year. She's a grown-up lady now. I know, Bertie, but I've got to give her something a little bit special. After all, she has this big surprise for me. Pretty late to go buying anything now, Mr. Gilsey. Yeah, right. By George, Bertie, I just had a great idea. You remember a long time ago I said when Marjorie grew up, I was going to give her my mother's diamond ring? Yes, sir. I was going to surprise her with it on her next birthday. But what's wrong with Christmas? There's nothing wrong with it. Absolutely nothing. I'll do it, Bertie. I've got the ring up in my dresser drawer. I'll get down to Mr. Peavy's and get a fancy box for it. Oh, that sure will please her. You bet. Now, Bertie, 
If you say a word about this to Marjorie. No, sir. I ain't tell nobody nothing. Don't you even give her a little hint. I ain't tell nobody nothing. Fine. What time is dinner? I ain't tell nobody. Oh, I mean six o'clock. <laughs> Good old birdie. <laughs> For you this Christmas Eve. Peavy, I need a box. Something very fancy. Well, what would you like to have in it? Well, nothing, Peavy. I just want a little empty box. It's for a Christmas present. Empty box, eh? You're playing a little practical joke on somebody, are you? No, Peavy, it's for a ring. I want a box for a ring. Oh, well, why didn't you say so? Do you have one? I don't think so. <laughs> Peavy, you must have something around here. There's a lot of little boxes there in the showcase. And those are all full of cold tablets. Oh, for goodness. How about an aspirin box? You could take the aspirin out. Peavy, this is Marjorie's Christmas present. I'm giving her my mother's diamond ring. Most wonderful surprise of her life. Now, come on, Peavy. Well, I think I can find you something. a boy. Look at this ring. Isn't that a beauty? Mm, man, man. I've just been waiting for Marjorie to grow up so I could give it to her. Makes me feel a little old, Mr. Gildersleeve. Uh -huh. Seems like only yesterday that Marjorie was in here dangling her pigtails in a chocolate sundae. <laughs> yeah, those pigtails are up in the attic now. I kept them both. Very sweet girl, Marjorie. Yes, she is, Petey. I was thinking this afternoon while Marjorie and Leroy and I were decorating the tree how much those children mean to me. How I've cared for them and watched them grow. Yeah, they're everything I have, Peavy. Mm, nice to feel that way. Makes a nice Christmas, too. All the stockings hung up by the chimney. You bet. Too bad you didn't have any children, Peavy. Only two stockings on your mantle? No, we have three. Mrs. Peavy hangs up both of hers. <laughs> oh, I've got to run, Peavy. I'm picking up Miss Milford, and we're all going over to the auditorium to hear the craft chorus. Why don't you folks drop over to the house later, Peavy? Christmas Eve, you know. Well, thank you, Mr. Gildersleeve. Happy Christmas, Carol. Yeah, see you later, Phoebe. Well, the auditorium's almost full. Yeah. Let's sit down here, Catherine. Thank you, Throckmorton. Oh, you look lovely this evening. Thank you. I feel like a day to count with this corsage you sent me. Well, what the heck? It's Christmas. I gave the florist three seventy-five and told him to shoot the works. <laughs> hey, Oop! Who's that? Look up here in the roof. Leroy. Oh no! Where is he? Way up there in the balcony, eating peanuts. Leroy, Leroy, watch those shells. <laughs> oh look, there's Bronco and Marjorie. Yeah, you can't miss Bronco. What a moose! Aren't they cute together? Yeah. You care to put your coat over the back of the seat? Get it off your shoulders? Thank you. Nice evening gown. <laughs> Love concert. Throckmorton, the curtain is going up. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, on this Christmas Eve, it is our pleasure to present the Craft Choral Club under the direction of Gerhard Schroff. Thank <laughs> you. 
looking group, all in tuxedos. something important. Oh, are you presenting your lady fair with a ring? Oh, Judge, please. This is Throckmorton's gift to Marjorie. Yeah. Horace, why don't you drop over after the concert and watch Marjorie's eyes light up when she sees this, huh? Thank you, Gilda. I'll be happy to. Yeah, the Peavies are coming over. They're about to sing again, Throckmorton. Yeah. I'd invite all the craft singers, too, but I'm afraid Bertie might run out of cheese and crackers. (laughs) Throckmorton, hush. Oh, yeah.
The Great Gildersleeve will return in just a minute. Santa Claus season is pretty expensive, isn't it? Well, if the holiday ahead might put your food budget in the red, here's how to economize now so you'll be prepared for the splurge meals. Use up leftovers tomorrow and Friday and Saturday by dressing them up with the wonderful cheese sauce you can make with Kraft smooth-melting cheese food Velveeta. You see, you can pour this Velveeta sauce over leftovers, ham or veal or fish, or just over toast for an economical hot main dish you can make in a jiffy. That sauce will help you economize after Christmas, too, when you serve it with the last bits of the Christmas birds. For that tasty sauce, all you do is melt one-half pound of Velveeta in the top of your double boiler. Then gradually stir in one-quarter cup of milk and season to taste. That's all there is to it for a sauce that'll give your main dish a grand, rich, yet mild cheddar cheese flavor. And fine nourishment, too, because Velveeta is rich in important food values from milk. So for a wide variety of hot main dishes that are really economical, use good-eating Velveeta, the cheese food that's as digestible as milk itself. When you buy, be sure you get genuine Velveeta. It's the cheese food of top quality, made only by Kraft. Well, the folks have just come home from the Christmas Eve concert, and it's getting close to the big moment the great Gildersleeve has been waiting for. Uh, Marjorie, you and Catherine come over by the fire. Bronco, why don't you throw another log on? What? Oh, sure, Mr. Gildersleeve. Bronco, that's the footstool. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Gildersleeve. I don't know what I was thinking about. He's excited tonight, aren't he? <laughs> What's everybody so excited about? It's Christmas Eve, huh? Let's light the tree and open the packages. Well, better light the tree, I guess. Where's that plug? Yeah. Get ready, everybody. Here go the lights. Oh, oh it's perfectly beautiful, Throckmorton. Yeah, that's quite a tree. Isn't it wonderful? Very effective with all those lights bubbling. Well, I'm sort of a bubbly fellow, too, around Christmas time. <laughs> Why shouldn't I be? Got a lot of good friends. And a wonderful little family. You certainly have, Throckmorton. Yes, sir. I've raised two fine children, and they mean all the world to me. We go through this every year, Miss Milford. <laughs> well, I mean it. I appreciate you more and more every year. We appreciate you, too, Uncle. Now let's open the presents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's open the presents. My surprise to you comes last, Auntie. Uh, well, I have a surprise for you, too, Marjorie, but... Wait a minute. We can't open presents till the others get here. What others? You mean you're expecting somebody else, Mr. Gildersleeve? Well, I invited Judge Hooker and the Peavies. But, Uncle Mort, we thought it was just to be the family and Miss Milford. Yeah, that's what we thought, Mr. Gildersleeve. Well, Marjorie, I sort of wanted the judge and the Peavies to see what I have for you. Yeah, what's wrong with having them over at Christmas? They always bring presents. Uh. <laughs> Leroy is being very practical about this. Thing. Yeah, Christmas to Leroy is like bank night. Yeah. <laughs> Bronco, let's bring some more chairs into the dining room, huh? Say, where's Bronco? Did he fall in the fireplace? I think he went in your den, Uncle. Oh? Mr. Gildersleeve... Yes, Bronco? May I see you for a minute? Certainly. Excuse me, everybody. 
Thanks to Holgrave, Fowles, and Holly. Do you mind if we close the door, Mr. Gildersleeve? Close the door? Is it that secret? Well, it's about the surprise Marjorie was telling you about. Well, don't tell me now, Bronco. I want to wait for it. I think I should tell you, Mr. Gildersleeve, before the others come. Huh? What difference does that make? Well, we planned this for just you and the family. Marjorie and I were going to stand up by the tree hand in hand and give you your surprise. You, you. I, uh, I was going to make the speech. You? A speech? Yes, sir. I was going to tell you that Marjorie and I want to be married. Married? <laughs> well, sure, maybe sometime, Bronco. Not sometime, Mr. Gildersleeve. This is definite. I'm asking you if I may marry Marjorie. Marry Marjorie? <laughs> Little Marjorie? So, this is her surprise, eh? I love her, Mr. Gildersleeve. Yes. And Marjorie loves me. That's pretty important. Yeah, I guess it is. We've been thinking about it for a long time. I guess it's sort of sudden to you, but... Well, what do you think, Mr. Gildersleeve? We aren't going to do anything hasty, sir. We weren't even planning it until spring. Late spring. <laughs> June, maybe? <laughs> That's long enough to wait. Don't you think so, Mr. Gildersleeve? I... I've never thought about it at all. Well, you'll probably get used to the idea of not having Marge around by then. Wouldn't you? <laughs> I've been saving my money. In fact, Marge and I aren't giving each other much for Christmas. We're looking ahead. I want to be able to take good care of Marjorie, Mr. Gildersleeve. Of course, we wouldn't do anything without your permission. So... What do you think, Mr. Gildersleeve? Bronco, I think the other guests have arrived by now. You tell them I'll be out in a minute. Of course, Mr. Gildersleeve. I'll tell them. <laughs> Little March. Can't believe it. Just can't imagine this house without her. Couldn't bear to go into her little room again. Where I used to tuck her in. Read her bedtime stories. Care for her when she had measles, chicken pox. I've worked and sacrificed to raise Marjorie. Now when she means the most to me, somebody wants to take her away. That boy has his nerve. Who does he think he is? Who is it? It's Castle Throckmorton. Oh. Judge Hooker and the Peavies are outside. Don't you think you should join the party? Well, I have some thinking to do. Catherine? Yes? Bronco and Marjorie want to get married. Oh, I suspected something like that. Isn't it wonderful? What's so wonderful about it? Why, Throckmorton. I should think you'd be very proud. And happy. Happy? How would you feel if your Christmas surprise meant losing your daughter? Well, I suppose I'm thinking more about Marjorie's happiness than Bronco's. 
how radiant she looks tonight and what it will mean to them. Try to remember, Throckmorton, that a mother wants more than anything else to have her daughter marry a nice young man. Somebody who will be kind and good to her. Bronco will. My Marjorie. What are you going to do? I don't know. Give me a little time, Catherine. Anybody want more cocoa and popcorn balls? Oh, no, thank you, Bertie. Gosh, where's Uncle? It's time to open the present. Now, Leroy, let's not be impatient. Uncle has a present under the tree for you, Judge. He has? Where is Gildy? <laughs> of course, when he comes out, he ought to stand, start handing out to the little kids first. Well, they say age before beauty, Leroy. Perhaps Peavy should receive his present first. He's the oldest man here. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> Marjorie, while we're waiting for the Lord of the Manor, perhaps you'll play the piano for us. Oh, Judge, I couldn't. I'm too excited tonight. Well, here comes Mr. Gildersleeve. I'm sorry if I kept everybody waiting. What have you been doing, Gildy? Hibernating in your den? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Uncle. I want to see what Santa Claus brought. Yes, it is time to pass out the presents, isn't it? Leroy, we'll start with you. Here you are, my boy. Oh, boy, thanks, Unc. And, Bertie, here's a package with your name on it. Thank you, Mr. Gillespie. Old Santa Claus never forgets Bertie. <laughs> now we come to Marjorie. I said I had a special surprise for her tonight. A number of years ago, my mother gave me her engagement ring. I guess she secretly hoped that someday I'd give it to a girl and start a little family. Well, I have a little family. A fine niece and nephew. But I haven't been very lucky on the other score. <laughs> <laughs> and so this Christmas, I thought I'd present my mother's ring to Marjorie. Oh, Auntie. Splendid idea. But something has happened tonight which forces me to change my plans. Instead of giving the ring to Marjorie, I want to give it to Bronco to give to Marjorie. Oh, me, Mr. Gildersleeve? You want me to give it to her? Here, Bronco. Read the card. To Marjorie, for always, from Bronco. Bronco is joining our little family. Oh, Unky, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Gildersleeve, very much. We hadn't planned to have an engagement ring. I, I hope you'll be very happy, both of you. Let me shake your hand, my boy. Thank you. happy for you, Gosh, Unk, Marjorie leaving us? Well, let's not talk about that now, huh, my boy? Uh, Bertie, isn't it time for your little Christmas song? Yes, sir, if Miss Marjorie feels like playing the piano. I never felt more like it in my life. Fine. This is a little lullaby Bertie always sang to the children. And Marjorie was this high. Child, 
Steps out of his role as the great Gildersleeve to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. You know, we don't often get a chance to tell you listeners how much your enthusiasm and support mean to the group of people who bring you this program every week. But we mean very sincerely that appearing the program gives you one half the pleasure that bringing it to you gives to us. We're more than satisfied. We're glad that we have this opportunity to come into your homes and wish you all the joys and blessings of the holiday season. So it's a Merry Christmas to all of you from all of us. Walter Tetley. Leroy. Mary Lee Robb. Marjorie. Lillian Randolph. Bertie. Earl Ross. Judge Hooker. Kathy Lewis. Katie Milford. Dick Crenna. Bronco. And Dick Legrand. Mr. Peavy. Yeah. <laughs> and a Merry Christmas, too, from all the people behind the scenes. From Jack Meekin and the orchestra, writers Paul West, John Elliott, and Andy White. From Ray Ferguson and Monty Fraser, our engineer and sound effects artist. And from our producer-director, Fran Van Hartisfeldt. And, of course, these holiday greetings come to you, too, from our sponsors, the Kraft Foods Company, their representative on this program announcer, Jay Stewart, the Kraft Coral Club, and the entire family of Kraft employees. Merry Christmas, everybody, and good night. <laughs> Ladies, Tab Set, the delicious cheddar cheese food, is offering you a knife of a hundred uses, the Super Slicer. It pairs faster, slices cleaner, removes olives and cherries from bottles in a jiffy. It's the handiest kitchen knife in years. And you can get this knife for only 25 cents and the top label of a round package of delicious Pabstet cheese food or the red arrow from the top of a two-pound Pabstet loaf. Send your Pabstet label and your quarter tonight to Phoenix Pabstet, Box 5239, Chicago, 77, Illinois. Please print your return address. Portions of tonight's broadcast were transcribed. Break the Bank, radio's biggest money-paying show, is next on NBC. Here's Walden. you enjoyed that great grocery from December 21, 1949. I'm Walter Hughes, and may the good Lord Jesus Christ bless you, and Merry Christmas! And this is Yesterday USA.
If you would like to get in contact with Walden, his email is walden1 at yesterdayusa.com. His studio telephone number is 714-545-2071. And his home address is 2527 Duke Place, Costa Mesa, California, 92626. I am Kim Bragg, and thanks for the memories, Walden. Cheerio, toodaloo. Thank you so much. Yesterday, USA. Hello, everybody. This is Bill Bragg, founder of Yesterday USA Radio. I hope you're enjoying our Christmas programming for this, the two-week period that began on December 3rd. I want to take this opportunity to say thank you to everyone who participated in this year's auction. Our total sales amounted to $4,392. We had two raffle prizes this year. The AMFM radio with CD, cassette, and turntable went to Erica Fish. Our 15-inch long, fully remote-controlled race car went to John Redmond. This year's big spenders included Will DeFord, Stuart Lee, and Charles Adams. Those persons who contributed the most number of merchandise items included Mike Handy, Neil Ellis, Terry Salmonson, Dr. Dale Lukatich, and John Redmond. Thank you to everyone who participated in this year's Yesterday USA auction. As a result, we'll be back next year starting January 1st, 2008. Right now, enjoy the great Christmas programming all until the end of this year, 2007. This is Bill Bragg saying thank you and God bless. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Folks, this is our last chance to talk to you before Monday. And so on behalf of S.C. Johnson and Son and all of us on the program, we want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. Good night. Good night, all. On behalf of the Kraft Cheese Company and the cast of our program, I'd like to wish all of our listeners a very Merry Christmas and the happiest possible New Year. There are many of us for whom it'll be difficult to be merry this Christmas, the loved ones far away and families divided, but let's try to keep up the Christmas tradition for the sake of the men who are fighting to preserve it. And to those men also fighting in foxholes and slit trenches on the sea and in the air, northeast, south, and west, we also send our Christmas good wishes. God bless you all. Good night, everybody. Alice, Phyllis, Santa said something to you, and you said, yes, we'll tell them. What did he say? He told us to be sure and wish you and Daddy a Merry Christmas. He did? Hey, wasn't that swell of him? Look, kid, now you're all tucked in, you've seen Santa, and you've had everything you want, so will you go right to sleep? Good night, girls. Good night. Good night, babies. You know something, Alice? We're lucky to have two sweet kids like that. They're little darlings. Daddy! Yes, dear? Can I have a drink of water? Go to sleep! A Merry Christmas from your Rexall store. Your Rexall store and 10,000 more. Old Umbriago sends us greetings, too. From Rexall, that's all. How do you do?
Now, excuse me for a minute. There are a lot of pretty girls around here, and I'm going to go over there in that corner and stand over the missile lip. Missile lip? Oh, Jimmy, you mean mistletoe. You kiss what you want, I'll kiss what I want. Hey, Jack, what are we going to eat? Oh, well, yeah, how about you? All right, pretty soon, fellas, pretty soon. Now, look, everybody, before we go into dinner, I want you all to sit around the fireplace and get your presents. Sandy Claus is coming down the chimney. Sandy Claus! Now sit around the fireplace, everybody. Now put out the lights, Mary. Okay, Jack. Because Sandy Claus will be down here in a minute. Because Sandy Claus will be down here in a minute. Because Sandy Claus... I'm not clowning. Sandy Claus, are you deaf? Deaf nothing. I'm stuck in the chimney. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What do we do now? Let's see. That's it. Come on, fellas. I'm Stevie's father. Where's your boy? I'm sorry. We bought the rifle. We were going to tell him not to use it unless his father was with him and until he learned how to treat firearms. Where's your boy? Right here. You the boy that was with Stevie? Yes, sir. What's your name? Stanley. I know it wasn't your fault, Stanley. Wonder if you'd do something for me. Yes, sir. I've got a lot of nice presents for Stevie. I know he'd want you to have them. I want to give them to you Christmas Eve. I think that'd be a fine idea, son. Come on, then. What's it all prove, Joe? You don't give a kid a gun for Christmas. What does the Lord's Prayer mean, Daddy? Well, it means an awful lot, and with the world like it is today, it seems to have a bigger meaning than ever before. But what does the Lord's Prayer mean, Daddy? The Lord's Prayer? Well, darling... I'll explain it to you. Well, will you, Daddy? Yeah, now, you lay down there, that's right, and listen. Now, the first line of the Lord's Prayer is this. Our Father, which art in heaven, that means Father of all that is good, where no wrong can ever dwell. Then it says, Hallowed be thy name. That means, darling, that we should love and respect all that is good. And then it says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. That means, darling, as we clean our hearts of all hate and selfishness and fill our hearts with love, the good, the true, and the beautiful, then this earth where we are now will be just like heaven. That would be wonderful, Daddy. Then it says after that, give us this day our daily bread. Now that means, honey, to feed our hearts and minds with kindness, love, and courage, which will make us strong for our daily task. And after that, the next line of the Lord's Prayer is this, honey. Mm -hmm. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do you remember the golden rule? Yes, sir. Well, that means that 
We must keep the golden rule and do unto others as we would want others to do unto us. And then it says after that, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now that means, my darling, to ask God to help us do and see and think right so that we will neither be led or tempted by anything in the world that could be bad. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. That means, my darling, that all the world Your mommy, your daddy, your little brother, your grandma, you and everybody. And as we know that and act as if we do know it, my darling, that is the real spirit of Christmas. That's good, Daddy. Well, now, I guess we ought to cut off the radio and let you 